Good morning. It is great to be in God's house today, isn't it? I love being in his presence, and I love being in his presence with you all. We are looking in 1 Corinthians, and we want to start at verse 1, chapter 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brother, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the body of Christ. I thank you, Father, for this body of believers. And God, I pray that those who have discovered the gifts and gifts that you've placed inside of them would use them to their fullest, Lord God, to show your love and your truth to our world and our community. God, for those who have not yet discovered the gifts that you've placed in them, God, that you would just begin to open their eyes, their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to the special things that you placed inside of them to share your love and your truth. We pray your blessing on our pastor today as he shares the message. Let our hearts be ready to receive what you want to say to us. Let our eyes be open to the truth and the things that you've placed inside of us that can bring glory to your name. We pray your blessing on the remainder of the service. Draw us together by your power and your love and in your truth and let your joy be in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about powering up the life and the spirit. Uh, the Spirit of God, who He is. If you miss those weeks on understanding who He is, we invite you to get online and to listen to them and, and to make sure you have a good theological background of, of who the Spirit is in, in our life. And, and today, this last week, I've been asking the question a little bit of uh, if you could be a superhero, what superhero would you choose? When my son Michael was about three or four years old, uh, he would tell you if you asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, he would say, I want to be Superman or God. <laughs> he had pretty high aspirations as a three-year-old of what he wanted to attain and what he wanted to be. And uh, at one point, he wanted a Superman outfit, and we, we bought him one, came in the mail, and they got him a pretty nice little Superman outfit. And it got there. He was so excited. Uh, Renee wait till, waited till I got home to even time it was there. And, 
And we went back. When we got there, she told him it was there. We went back in, the, in, in our bedroom, and he got up on the bed, and Renee dressed him in this. He's standing there on the bed, dresses him in this Superman outfit. And before we can stop him, he runs and jumps off the end of the bed, does a belly flop on the floor, looks up at, looks up at us, and the first thing out of his mouth was, it doesn't work. I don't know what he thought was going to happen that day. I guess he saw himself flying around the house that day. Josiah, my grandson, when he was little, he liked Spider-Man. And, uh, he, you know, he would be shooting you with his webs all of the time. And so I would get him when he was little, and he would, you know, shoot his web, and I would pick him up and carry him and stick him on the wall. He would hang there while I was holding him, and he'd shoot his web someplace else, and I would carry him over there and stick him on the wall. It was just a lot of fun uh, playing around. Now, now he, he's a Batman guy now, and so is his, his little brother, uh, Ollie. Ollie's a Batman guy. He'll come in with his Batman, and Ollie's two, and he comes in with his Batman outfit on. But when he wants to fight with me, no matter what he has on, Ollie goes to the toy box and gets out his Hulk hands. And I know when he gets out his Hulk hands, I'm in trouble. He's coming after me with his Hulk hands. And it's just a lot of fun to, to play with some of that stuff with him. So what would you be if you could be a superhero? As I've asked that question around over the last uh, week or so, Michael looked at me and I asked him what he would be now. And he, he's changed. It was soon. Now, now he'd be the flash. But, but I think part of that was because he'd been in the back of the car for about two or three hours, and he wanted to get back to where we were staying, and he would have liked to have gotten there. But Andy, my son-in-law, he agreed because, you see, you've got to understand, Superman is only as fast as a speeding bullet, but the flash is faster than the speed of light. So the flash is faster than... I, I just didn't know that. <laughs> you have to learn some of these things. Our, our sound tech guy, Nathan, back in the back, he told me he would like to be Iron Man. Well, that makes sense. Nathan's a tech guy. Iron Man's a tech guy. So that kind of makes sense. Several of the ladies told me they wanted to be Wonder Woman uh, because she knows how to accessorize was one of their points. The other one is because she has an invisible plane and can fly wherever she wants to and she can get a break. Uh, one of the ladies told me she wanted to be an angel on the Facebook comments that she wanted to be an angel because she wants to protect people and protect animals, except for spiders. She said, I don't want to protect spiders. I don't like spiders. <laughs> I was always a little more prone to Superman because of his ability to fly, but some of our folks got kind of spiritual on me. Jacob, our, uh, our junior high guy, he wants to be Nightcrawler. Now, uh, I, I'm not sure who Nightcrawler is. Apparently, he can teleport anywhere in the world any second he wants to. And so Jacob wants to be, you know, Nightcrawler so he can teleport to different places in the world, preach the gospel, and be back in the U.S. to spend, have dinner at, at night, you know. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool? I mean, wouldn't it be cool to have some... Uh, some ability that would allow you to impact the world and help others. A lot of people, as they got spiritual on me, said, uh, 
said they'd like to be Jesus, and, and I almost disqualified them because Jesus isn't a superhero. He's the king of kings. Uh, however, if there's one that you can be like in some way, uh, we can be his hands extended. Well, we, can, we can be the body of Christ. Uh, I want you to think about this aspect of, of gifting. I don't know how much you know about superheroes, but we're talking about powering up and being the people God intends us to be, filled with the power that he intends for us to have. And in this scripture that we read today, he said, he said brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Now, one thing you've got to understand is that we have natural gifts. You, you may know a person or you may be a person with some outstanding natural gift. You know, the, the gifted athlete. If it's a game, they can do it, and they're usually the best in their group every time. They pick it up fast. It happens quick. They're gifted. They're fast. They're able to do things. And, and, and people say, that's a gifted athlete. I've been around a lot of gifted musicians. I would love to be a gifted musician. I can, I can do some things. I have to work hard at it to be able to do some things. That doesn't mean gifted musicians don't work hard. They just get further along with the work that they put into it. It just comes a little more naturally to them, and they flow with it quickly. Some people are gifted, just naturally gifted leaders. Uh, you, you put them in a room, and it's not long in that room before everybody's kind of looking to them saying, where are we going to eat? What are we going to go do next? Well, how are we going to take care of this problem? They just kind of naturally lead the way. Now, here, here's what one of the things the Bible says about gifts. In James chapter 1, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly, heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Even the athletic gift, even the musical gift, the leadership gift, whatever that might be that's just natural in a person's life comes from above. And I'm either going to use that gift correctly. I'm going to manage that gift and steward that gift in a right way or I steward it in a wrong way. The gifted musician is supposed to use that gift to give glory and honor to God, to promote and to, to extend the kingdom of God and to, to breathe hope into people's lives, to help people enter into the presence of God. Some people use it to promote immorality. Some people use it to champion causes that are false. Some people use it to magnify and help people in lifestyles that are destructive. And they're going to answer someday for how they use that gift. Some people as gifted athletes they, instead of using it to gain honor for God, they use it to gain honor and pleasure for themselves. Isn't it amazing how angry the world gets at somebody, how opposed people get at somebody like Tim Tebow? 
when a guy comes along and wants to point to God, wants to use his stage, his platform, to say, I, I, I love my God. I want to be a holy guy. And, and the world can't just ignore that. They can't just turn their back on it. There's people who become adamantly opposed. And it just confirms Scripture. Jesus says it. They hated me. They're going to hate you sometimes. They're going to hate you sometimes because they don't know who I am. Some use their gifts to lead, and they, they lead us away from God. Listen carefully, brothers and sisters, as we come to an election here in a few months. Listen to what these men and women are saying. Think about where they're leading our country and what our country will look like if they're in charge. They're leading us someplace, and we need to pray that God will bring up and raise up men and women who are godly leaders. There's leaders in classrooms, and there's leaders in business, and you need to understand, where is this leader, this, this person who's in a position of leadership, as a natural leader, as an influential leader, is a coach over my son or a teacher over my daughter? Or, or what? Where are they leading? Where are they taking them? When I entrust them to them, what's the outcome going to be? Ran across, uh, was told about a, a satirical site, and I kind of like things like that. I, so this isn't a true story, so nobody get too worked up, but it kind of points out this whole aspect of, 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 of leadership. Uh, listen, listen quickly with me. Sources confirmed Tuesday that local free thinker Jared Olson called into question the absurd idea that God had ever done anything for him, all while inhaling oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide in a complex process well beyond his mind's capability to understand it in its entirety. The idea of God is really just holding us back, Olson opined, addressing the other members of the philosophy club at Edmonds Community College as the membrane across his larynx vibrated to modulate, modulate the flow of air from his lungs, making his speech audible to the people listening whose intricate ear structures then instantly transformed the invisible sound waves into abstract thought in their brain's nervous tissue. Also went on to pursue the line of reason even, even further, claiming that mankind has science, medicine, and mathematics to thanks for its continued existence rather than any sort of all-powerful creator for which there is absolutely no evidence, he said. According to eyewitnesses, he made these, these claims as the surface his feet rested on continued to spin around the earth's core without any input from him all while the only known inhabitable planet on which he stood rocketed around the galaxy in perfect formation at an unfathomable rate of 490,000 miles an hour. At one point during his expertly crafted speech, Olson reported, reportedly glanced around the room to observe the nods of approval from his peers, his eyes, hundreds of millions uh, 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 of, of cone and rod cells responding to, sim, uh, to, to stimuli in an unimaginably sophisticated procedure. As these elaborate structures continue to capture the process an unbelievable at an unbelievable volume of input per second, Olson reported he was all the more confident from the looks of those around him that he had proved his case. 
According to Olson, he plans to detail religion's negative influence on society at next week's meetings, while, which is being held in the annex adjacent to both the Christian homeless shelter and the Catholic hospital. <laughs> you know, the question that we have is, is what are we going to do with the gifts, the natural gifts that God's given to us? You have natural gifts and abilities. And the question is, how have you used them? And how are you going to use them? What gifts do you have and what's going to take place with them? See, if your standard of being a good Christian is attending church once a week, your standard is way too low. The Bible never sets that. The Bible tells us to forsake not the gathering of ourselves together. But the purpose even of pastors, the reason pastors and evangelists and apostles and these different roles exist is to prepare you in Ephesians chapter 4 for works of service. To take the gifts that you have and to challenge you and to call you to use them to give glory and honor to God. So you have natural gifts given to you. But you also have spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to ignore this aspect of how God works in our life. Nine of them are named here in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And some will say that that's an all-inclusive list. I've heard people argue, seen books written. This is an all-inclusive list of, of, of gifts. Now, the problem is, is later on in the passage, it names some other gifts. And if you go to Romans chapter 12, you'll read about some other gifts. In other places in the Bible, there are things that are mentioned that are called and, and named as gifts, whether that's pastors or whether that's acts of service or whether that's mercy givers or leadership or administration, giving. Some people are blessed with the ability to give. We're all called to give our tithe. But some are called and have the ability to do even more. I've seen a list, I've seen lists as high as 35 gifts that people say are in the Bible and listed. And, 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 and the reality is this, whatever you want to believe about that, whether you believe there's nine or 35 or more, we're compared to the body, to a physical body with, that has many, many parts, and all of us have our role in it. And for the body to be healthy and to function and the way it's intended to function, every one of those parts are supposed to be working as directed by the head, as directed by Christ himself moving in our lives and flowing through us. Spiritual gifts are God's given abilities that are given to us for a purpose. And they're... And, as we get them, they're the natural places where we will grow quickly and be natural at, but we can still grow in them. 
There are three things I want you to know about gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's easy to sit back and look at somebody who's a gifted athlete and maybe say, I wish I was gifted. It's easy to sit back and look at the gifted student who just kind of reads the chapter once and they get it, and you know, maybe you've got to read it like me four or five times to get it. And have to really think about it and work at it. It's easy to look at that and say, well, I wish I was gifted like that or the, uh, the gifted musician. I wish I could pick up an instrument and learn it as quick as, as they can. I'm just not gifted like that, we might say. But here's what the Bible say. Every one of us have a spiritual gift. Each one of us is spiritually gifted in some way. So we've got this gift. Why are we given this gift? We're given this gift for the common good. We're not given this gift to gain glory to ourselves. We should always, in the use of our gift, remember who's the gift giver. And we should remember that as quickly as it was given to us, it can be taken away from us. And so the honor of anything we do inside of the spiritual gifting of our lives, all the glory and all the honor belongs to God. Even in our natural gifts, all the glory and all the honor belong to God who's given us the gift. And proper management of that gift isn't to build our own kingdoms. Hear me, friends. We have no kingdoms of our own. If you are a Christ follower, we, we serve in his kingdom and his, in his kingdom alone. And we're here to do what is for the common good. And here's the third thing I want you to really take note of today. God does not want us to be ignorant about our spiritual gifts. He wants you to be able to identify them, know them, to know what yours are, and to use them. When you're at the center of your spiritual gift and you're using it, you're walking in it, you know what goes through your mind? Why isn't everybody doing this? See, it, it, the gifted athlete kind of looks and goes, why can't everybody do this? But, and, the, and the gifted spiritual person goes, why doesn't everybody have the same passion that I have? Why, why doesn't everybody want to do the same thing I'm doing? I've, I've had, this, I had, to, had to come to grips with this in, in ministry when I was a youth pastor. When, you know, I kind of thought, you know, the churches give me all the money. They said, they should, they should, the youth ministry is where it's at. We should invest everything in youth ministry. That was, you know why? Because that was the passion. And when you're passionate about something, that it's just natural to think, this is where, why isn't everybody doing this? That's one of the signs. Now, we've got to respect the rest of the body because where would the body be if everyone was an ear or everyone was an eye? So I've got to choose to respect the other members of the body and yet still walk in the passion of what God's called me to do. And you need to walk in the passion of what God's called you to do. Over the years watching our sports team and being around sports team teams, I've seen boys, girls come onto a team and 
sometimes two brothers, sometimes just two friends, and get to talking to the coach, and the coach might look. I've had coaches look at me, and they talk about one brother. They say, yeah, he's, he's just got natural ability. <laughs> Everything comes easy for him. It's just natural for him. And then they would look at the brother, and they'd say, now his brother over here, he, He's got to work at everything. He's got to work at everything. But he's got heart. If I could take his heart and put it in his body, we'd have something then. Then we would really, because he, it all comes easy, and so he kind of takes it lightly and doesn't work hard at it. But if I could take his heart and put it in his body, that's when you get a superstar. Friends, listen. We don't want to stand before God someday and him say, I gave you some great gifts. And you took them lightly. He didn't work at them. You looked at others and you just didn't have, you just kind of, drifted along and glided along. We don't want to be that person before God. We don't want God looking and saying, if, if you just had some heart for this, if you just let your passion grow. See, God gives us a gift and he places this gift in us to use. And it is here where life becomes filled with purpose. It's where life finds such great meaning is when we begin to express and use our spiritual gifts. It's where, we, where you find a place where you put your head on the pillow at night and your heart kind of beats with excitement or your heart is burdened. And you know you've got something that you can do to make a difference. So you have a place to use your gifts. So you have a, a natural gift that you're supposed to use and you have a spiritual gift that you're supposed to use. But let me, let me put this in a, and really define this for you. It's important, absolutely important, that as the Spirit gives us gifts, the Spirit also develops, grows, and gives us fruit. Paul talked about this last week. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit have to go together. The gifts have to be washed daily, defined and empowered by the fruit of the Spirit running through us. Otherwise, self-rules. If you've been around long enough, you've seen people, maybe you've experienced people who were very gifted people, but they weren't cleansed by the fruit. I mean, they were selfish, or they were mean, or they were self-glorifying. They may know everything they need to know in the classroom about how to teach, but they're, they're, you kind of wonder, why are they a teacher? That, it feels like they hate kids. You know, that, that coach, that he, all he's about is winning, winning, winning. Winning, and he's not really about developing kids. Can you have both? 
Yes, you can have a coach who wants to win, but also has a passion for the individual child and wants to see that child become better in life. It has to be washed with the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit. It has to be defined by the fruit of the Spirit with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. The gifts of the Spirit, if they're not defined and empowered by the fruit of the Spirit, become selfish, self-seeking tools that we use for our own glory and we step on people and hurt, on pe- hurt people while we're supposed to be building people up for the common good. Are you with me today? See, this is what we've been talking on Wednesday nights about gifts. And if you want to know more about gifts, you can come out on Wednesday night and, and be a part of it. It's in the gifts, though. Listen, that you have the chance to become the superhero in somebody's life. Most of us, most of us have experienced somebody in our life who's had a gift And they've used that gift in our lives for our good. And when those gifts are used for our good and there's a reflection of spiritual fruit in it and because of it our lives have grown, because of it we've become more of who God would have us to be, Because of it, we've been lifted out of the things the enemy has tried for us. Because of it, because of it, we have discovered abilities we didn't know we had. And confidence has been breathed into us that we didn't have before. And hope has been breathed in us that we didn't have before. And and, and, and a future has been breathed in us that we didn't have before. We look back at that person and how do you see them? They're a hero in our lives. They're the person that came into our lives that we look at and go, what was in it for them? And all that was in it for them was to see your good. It's in the use of your gifts for the common good of others, filled with the fruit of the Spirit, that you have the chance to become a life We want to change the world. But hear me, as we said earlier today, we change the world not by some mass thing. We change the world one person at a time. Each person using their gift. When I walk through a crowded mall or a crowded airport and I look at all these people and I realize they're going to spend eternity somewhere, I'm also aware that God has gifted somebody in every one of their lives to come into their lives and to show them the love of God, the compassion of God, the truth of God. And I rejoice that God fills his people with spiritual gifts. This is how God wants to use you. His ability flowing through you for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12 leads to 1 Corinthians 13. Telling us that the greatest of all of this is love. It is where faith becomes exciting and fulfilling. It's where life to the full begins to get discovered. Is when we become wise and informed about our individual spiritual gifts. So I encourage you today, I encourage you this week 
Study 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. Read Romans chapter 12. Take time and, and, and read and study Galatians chapter 5 and say, God, is the fruit of the Spirit defining my life? And are the gifts of the Spirit, which ones are mine? What do you want to show me? God doesn't want you to be ignorant about those things. He wants to reveal those things to you. Someday before God, if you've known what your gifts are and you've used them and you've bathed them in the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to hear, well done. Think about that. The God who speaks and blind eyes are opened. The God who through the power of his voice says to the storms, be still. The God who speaks and stars spring into place, come into existence. The God who cries out and uses his voice and says to those in the grave, come on out and live again, is going to look you in the eye someday. And he's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Or he's going to say to you, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want to be in that second category, do you? I want my life wholly surrendered to Christ and I want to discover the purpose of my life and walk in it. Every person can be that superhero. God picking us up and flying us from wall to wall to place to place and letting us be a superhero. A God who dresses us up in his armor and his ability. And when we jump off the bed, we fly. Because his spirit works. It wants to happen in your life. Listen, I know some of you have been beaten up by this world. I know some of you have been robbed by this world. I know some of you have had things happen to you that would make us all sit around with you and cry and weep. And I know you can sit in that the rest of your life and, 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 and most of us have to sit and say, I, I can't blame them. They've been wounded so bad. But hear me today. Your life matters. The enemy's tried to rob you. You don't have to be robbed anymore. You have a purpose. There's a reason God wired you up. And whatever the enemy has meant for evil, God will turn to good. Your life can make a difference, whether that's teaching a Sunday school class or leading a small group, getting involved with safe families and reaching out to a child, being a leader of a department, giving to help make a vision happen, offering mercy to somebody who was hurt as bad as you've been hurt in your past, but now you've found the answer of the peace of God in your life, serving and on and on and on. Wherever you're started at today, your life can begin to shine as you walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, friends, don't sit in the muck. Don't sit in the mire. He lifts us out of the miry clay. He puts our feet on a rock to stay if we follow after him with all of our hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together today and let's pray.
Father, we have no power but your power. We have no ability but your ability. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And we stand in awe and amaze that you'd let our life be used, that you'd pick us up and use us in some way. And yet today, Father, I pray. I pray, Father, for those who've been wounded by this world, lied to by an enemy, beat up by those that they should have been able to trust, disappointed, Father, in the way others have reacted at times, made bad choices and got themselves trapped and ensnared. Father, I pray for them today that they would hear this message that they are your divine creation, that you made them, and when they come to you, you breathe into them a breath of life, and that there's a hope and a future for them. And I pray for all of us, Father. Maybe, maybe life's going pretty good. We're doing okay. But are we using our gifts the way you'd have us to use them? Are, you, are we invested or are we just drifting through doing our own thing? Father, I know there's some here, many here, using their gifts in dynamic ways. I know there are others here, Father, who maybe they're using them and they don't even know that they're using them yet. They, they haven't become aware. They're, they're using them naturally because you've gifted them. When there's some who need to discover. Father, I, I pray that today some way your spirit would inspire in our hearts and we would determine, I want to be ignorant no more. I want to know my gifts. I want to walk in them. And I pray you'd inspire us and impassion us about a work that you would do in our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for those here today who haven't discovered the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation that only comes to us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And I pray that today, Father, we would, we would come to that moment of decision by the urging of your Spirit and say, yes, today, today I want Jesus to be my Lord and I'm going to put my trust in him to be my Savior. In Jesus' name. As every head bowed, every eye closed today, I'm going to ask prayer teams to come down around the front. And, but as they're moving down to the front today, if you'll say, Pastor, uh, I need to cross, I need to come and, and accept Christ into my life today. I, I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. And I'm not sure I'm in that place today. But I want to be. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you just a moment to raise your hand. God bless you, others today. God bless you and you in the back. God bless you. God loves you. You know, I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to uh, sing this song. And as we, as we sing this song, if you have any need in your life, maybe you're just searching for your gifts and you just want to come down and say, will you help pray with me? I need to find what my gifts are. I'd be happy to pray with you. Maybe, maybe you're going through a, a, a physical illness or some other issue in life, crisis in life. Hey, we believe prayer makes a difference. Come down and let somebody pray with you today. But if you're one of these four or five people, just raise your hand. I want to challenge you today. To, while others are coming, you step out. You come down to the front as well.
and just join others as they're coming down and just tell them when you get down here, I, I, I want Christ in my life. I want Christ in my life. And they'll pray with you today before we leave. Amen? Amen. As we sing this course, if you have any need, you step out and come, and then Dan will dismiss you. Thank you for being here today. And remember, God's created you to make a difference in the world. Be a superhero. Amen? God bless you. Grace and peace.